when should you talk openly about the business you're building, and when should you keep quiet about it? You may have heard of the concept of building in public. It's been all the rage in the entrepreneurial circles for the last few years, and there are a lot of benefits that come with doing that. But there are some risks as well. What happens when your competitors know exactly what you're planning to do? That's what I'm going to talk about in today's episode. I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Solopreneurs. So this is issue 20. If you go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com, it's called Shh, Keep It Stealthy, <laughs> issue 20. And it's a little bit about risking your nine to five job security, but also some of the other risks when everyone knows everything about the business that you're building. I'm going to share a few links uh, that I'm going to talk about in this episode, and they're going to be in the newsletter. So if you want to check those out, go to the online version, and it's a lot easier to find some of the people that I've mentioned in the articles I'm going to mention. So yeah, several entrepreneurs that I follow that are pretty popular on Twitter, namely, promote the benefits of talking about your business while you're building in public. You've heard of this BIP. This differs greatly from the traditional stealth startup model that I think most of us have seen over the years and experienced if you ever worked at a startup. I know that when I ran my solo design agency during the dot-com boom many, many years ago, many of the early stage startups that I helped were in stealth mode. And they're very explicit about that. We're in stealth mode. Don't talk about anything. They didn't share any information publicly. They certainly didn't broadcast their experiences, their building experiences during that journey. I mean, for one thing, social media didn't exist yet. <laughs> there, there was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. Yeah, none of that stuff existed yet. But blogs did. People were blogging, they were writing online articles and sharing things. But if you were in stealth mode, you absolutely didn't talk about your business or your startup. So what does it mean to build in public if you haven't heard of this? And I have a quote from a, a site that talks about this. It's, it's a good site. Uh, building in public, BIP, consists of building a company or product and transparently sharing the behind the scenes of how you do it. Founders generally share their wins, struggles, learnings, anecdotes, and business metrics. So it's radically transparent. As I mentioned, if you're active on Twitter, you've probably seen quite a few startup founders talking about it, creators, and even investors who are big fans of it. Uh, there's Arvid Call. He's got a tweet that I shared. If you want to check out that link, this is why I build in public. Uh, another entrepreneur, Tebow, said, here's how to test an idea in under two weeks. And he recommends building in public. And then Andrew Gazdecki, uh, who I follow, you should follow him too. He's fantastic. So go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com and check out uh, Andrew he has a very cool marketplace where you can 
post a business for sale, buy a business. I mean, it's, it's really, it's like nothing else I've seen anyway. Uh, and he talks about building in public as a way to generate leads for your startup when you're on a budget. So you can check out those three. Now there are benefits of building in public. You know, here are some of the key benefits. You can get early feedback on your product or a service that will shape its future and hopefully increase your odds of success. And I do this quite a bit. You've probably seen me doing it here with Invincible Solopreneurs. When I talk about uh, the workshop that I want to run and I've been talking about a cohort class where I want to get people together, maybe for like an eight week process of how to move from being an employee to becoming a solopreneur. I've been talking with all of you, the listeners and the readers of the newsletter to get your feedback. It's like, here's an outline of what I'm thinking for the workshop. Give me your feedback. Are these the topics you're interested in? Is there something that I'm missing? That's building in public. And I'm hoping, like everybody else who does this, it improves the odds of success. Getting early feedback from potential customers, right? You can start building a community that believes in what you're doing and supports you. So I'm doing that too, right? So as I'm building this business and I'm working with solopreneurs, I'm talking about it and I'm attracting more people who are like interested in this topic and they are thinking about becoming solopreneurs. Transparency builds more loyalty and it builds more trust with your customers and your community. It's like, we all know things aren't all sunshine and puppies. So sharing when things are good, sharing when things are bad or challenging, you're being honest and it builds more trust. You can create friendships with other builders who are on a similar journey. So I've seen that. I mean, as an entrepreneur or a startup founder shares what they're doing, they attract other founders and they build that circle of kind of that inner circle of people who help you, hopefully, because if they know what you're trying to accomplish, they can share helpful advice. They're like, oh, I struggled with my legal formation too. And here's why I decided to do this. Or, oh, here's a really good accountant that you probably want to use for your business. Or I tried using that marketing service, didn't work for me, or this platform didn't work for me. Try this platform. It's great. You know, if people know what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build, they can offer suggestions and give you feedback. You will build a reputation as an expert. If you're sharing what you're doing, you will develop a stronger network and you'll build a following on social media. I mean, all the folks who are building in public build a pretty good following because there are a ton of people who are interested in becoming startup founders or entrepreneurs. The more visible your business is, the more likely you'll attract the attention of relevant investors. And that's if you want that. You know, if you do want someone to think about investing in your business, if they know what you're trying to do, they can reach out and say, hey, I invest in businesses like that. Let's talk. And then the final key benefit, <clears throat> the more visible your business is, the easier it is to attract potential talent. And that's, again, if you want that, if you're thinking about hiring employees or you're going to hire contractors, if you're talking about what you're doing or you're talking about something you're struggling with, someone could reach out. They could say, oh, hey, I'm a back-end engineer and I've, I've worked on that before and I know what you're dealing with. I know how to solve that problem. That's pretty cool. 
Okay, that's all the good stuff. Let's talk about when is it not a great idea to build in public. So I shared a link to a story that has a pretty good summary of why one entrepreneur stopped building in public. He switched from being radically transparent to something he calls thoughtfully transparent. And I'm not going to repeat everything that's in it. You can check it out. I linked it. So yeah, go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com. This is issue number 20. You can find that article and check out why he moved to being thoughtfully transparent instead of radically transparent. While I agree with the premise of sharing your journey, and I've benefited from doing that, there are times when it might be a bad idea to build in public. And I'll share some examples. When stealth competitors can use your data against you. You know, if you're sharing your pricing strategies, if you're sharing where you find great engineering talent, if you're sharing your business forecasts and your business plans, I mean, it is a competitive marketplace. That is what competition means. So if you're sharing everything and they're not, They can react to what you're doing. They can leverage it and say, let's adapt our pricing to be just slightly lower than their pricing. Or let's go grab a bunch of talent from that pool where they tend to look for talent. And there are people who just do copycat businesses. And it's a lot easier to spin up a copycat business. I saw a really interesting example of using artificial intelligence to copy an entire website and write it in great code. So it wasn't, you know, scraping the code and doing that. It was kind of scary and it's pretty amazing, but it's one of those things, right? It's like, it can do great things. It can do bad things. And they showed an example of it, recreating a website, looking just like it in clean code. So your competitors can take everything you have that you've spent months or years building and they can spin it up and have a competitive website running in less than a day, probably. And as some of the stuff this guy talked about in his article is like, you know, it's one thing when a few copycats show up and it's really usually not a huge deal because you're different. You're unique, especially as a solopreneur. You're, you are you, no one can be you. But when dozens of copycats keep springing up, And they're trying to be just a little bit better than you on something. I mean, it does create confusion in the marketplace. And there are going to be people who would have reached out to you to buy your product or to work with you using your service that now have 10 other people who are doing pretty much the same thing you are. So may not be a good thing. Um, Another time that it's not a great idea is if there is a significant first mover advantage. So you don't want your competitors to see what you're doing, to see what you're planning to do before you launch. There's a reason Apple keeps things super, super secret. They don't want all the smartphone competitors to steal their thunder and to say, okay, we're going to do that and we'll launch it a month before Apple does and steal their thunder, right? Another big one, when you're still not sure, you're just not sure what product you want to build or what service you want to focus on for your business, right? I mean, we don't always know exactly what it's going to be. I can think of many startups that pivoted and radically changed what they're doing. 
So you may end up offering an entirely different product or an entirely different service than what you originally planned to do. And now it's no longer relevant for the people who followed your journey. So maybe you were planning on being a consumer product and you're building this huge audience of followers and you're sharing your journey. And then at some point your investors or you change your mind and go, you know what, this would be better as an enterprise product. We're not going to go direct to consumer anymore. So now what? (laughs) All those people have kind of feel like you did a bait and switch because you hadn't figured out what you want to do yet. Another one that happens, and I see it with these folks on Twitter, when you're spending so much time managing your online presence and your community and talking about what you're doing and creating reports and creating those elegant blog posts and tweet threads, that you're just not spending enough time building your business, building your product, your services. It's hard to do all of that. So if you're a founder, especially if you're a solopreneur, you got a lot of work to do. You're going to be busy. Do you have time to be spending hours every day sharing your radically transparent updates and talking with people about it? Probably not. Another one, when sharing the data transparently hurts your business. And some founders gave examples of this, that when they shared too much, it created a problem. Like they were sharing churn data. Like how many people are quitting the service or not renewing their their accounts? And they shared that, being radically transparent, and it scared away new customers. They were like, something must be wrong. I better not sign up for this service because people are quitting, they're leaving. And maybe it's just a temporary thing. You're trying to figure out how do we address this? Maybe you have a bug. Maybe things are a little too slow. Maybe your pricing's wrong. Who knows? And so you shared that and now you've lost new customers that you could have worked with if once you'd solved the problem. And then a big one, and this is really important for the whole point of this newsletter and podcast, when your side hustle jeopardizes your nine to five job. So I want to talk more about that last point. My whole employee to solopreneur strategy assumes you can safely test the waters with your new business concept before giving up a steady paycheck. Funny thing, you can think more clearly when you aren't worried about paying your rent or your mortgage and buying groceries. It's just true. (laughs) I mean, building in public, it's all well and good when you're an entrepreneur who's already fully committed to your business. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're all in. You're not risking a day job. So if you do decide to quit your job and go all in a new business, sure, you can choose. You can decide if building in public is right for you or not. However, it's quite another thing if you still have a job you still have a nine to five job and you're experimenting to see what business idea will work. You're just experimenting. You don't necessarily want your employer aware of this business of your side hustle. If you're trying to validate your business model, your pricing and all that stuff that you need to figure out and land enough customers before you feel comfortable going all in, you don't need the extra stress of losing your job. 
Quite simply, if you're still employed, building in public is a very risky strategy. You just shouldn't. You could very well lose your job if your boss finds out. Now, sure, some employers are more understanding than others. Some countries, some regions and states encourage the entrepreneurial spirit more than others, and they support it legally. For example, here in California, in the tech industry, most people assume everyone is working on something on the side. Everybody has a side hustle. Everyone has some kind of startup idea. It's so part of the culture. It just is. So I'm going to recommend that if you're currently employed by someone else, so you have a job, review your employment agreement. That one you signed that's like 50 pages long, review the fine print. You might want to sit down with an employment lawyer, talk with an accountant, review your local employment laws because I know they're different. They're different in the U.S. than they are in Switzerland and Italy and Brazil. They're different even in California than they are in New York or Florida. So review those laws, review the business practices before working on your business idea. You know, for example, most employers here in the U.S., pretty common, especially in tech, most of them have a non-compete agreement in the employment agreement that you're not supposed to create a business that competes with your employer. You're not even supposed to do that after you quit and leave the job. You're not supposed to solicit clients or customers from your previous employer. So they have them even if they're not fully enforceable everywhere. And in California, I link this, non-compete agreements are not enforced in the state of California. They just won't. You probably will be interested in something that the FTC recently announced about this. So I, I'd link that announcement if you go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com. It's, uh, it's promising around this whole topic of non-compete agreements. So I want to talk now about why you should keep your business secret and how to keep it secret. So a few things to think about. How would you feel about an angry customer showing up at your home? They know who you are. They know where you live. They're upset about something. They show up at your home. That has happened. Do you want your friends and family to question your business idea? Are you ready for that? Are you really ready to let everyone know about the business you're creating? Are you okay with everyone knowing about your business if it fails? How would you feel about that? Do you want to wait? Do you want to wait until your business is successful? It's up and running. It's paying the bills. You feel like you got things under control and you want to wait until you reach that point before you start talking about it. So I do share quite a bit about the businesses I'm running. I'm pretty sure all of my friends know about them, my online connections, podcast listeners. Most of you know about Invincible Solopreneurs, Invincible Career, even Invincible Life, where I do career coaching, I do business coaching, I even do some life coaching, and Brilliant Forge, which was the original business I founded back in 2010. Yeah, 2010. It's mostly what I use for startup consulting and consulting with businesses and mostly tech. 
Most people know about it because, yeah, I publish a lot. <laughs> I post a lot. I podcast. I also practiced building in public for my tech startup, VoiceKick. We were pretty open about sharing our journey as we went along and getting feedback from users and community. And then we also shared our failures and it did fail. That's pretty painful. Very public failure that you have to live with, right? And are you okay with that? However, I've also tested dozens of other business ideas over the past 13 years or so, probably even longer. And most of those happen secretly. I didn't see the point in talking about them until I thought there was a there there. I mean, most of them didn't get traction. You test it for a few weeks, months even, some stuff even quietly testing, just trying it for a year. It just doesn't work out. Or you lose interest in it. That happens. So I could quietly shut them down and move on to new ideas without everybody saying, oh, that failed. (laughs) Yet another failure. I mean, most creators, most entrepreneurs have lots and lots of failures before they have a success. Do you want that to be in the public eye? It's, I mean, it's up to you if you can handle that. I think an insulating layer of anonymity isn't a bad idea in the early days of testing your business. Also, having some distance between your personal life and your business entity is always a good idea, right? Always. Like I said, do you want somebody showing up at your doorstep? Here are some things to consider and there's some steps you can take to protect yourself and to keep things a little quieter while you're testing ideas for your business. You should use anonymous domain registration. I know Google Domains offers it. It's for free, I believe. Free who is, you know, that lookup you can do to see who owns this domain. Where is it registered? Where do they live? What's their address? Most services, domain registration services offer anonymous domain registration. Some charge for it. I used to use one at charge for, and that's why I transferred everything to Google domains because it's free. Uh, your business website can be all about the business brand. You don't have to mention your name. You don't have to have your picture up there. (laughs) You don't have to have a photograph. It could just be a business website. And I think you've probably seen this with a lot of business websites especially if it isn't a public company. It's all about the brand and what they do, their services. You don't really know who's behind it. And sometimes that's a good thing in the early days. You should create a business email address. You know, if it's on the domain that you own, that looks more professional, but you can easily create a free Gmail account that's just for your business. And again, this is so it's a business email. You keep it separate and it doesn't have your name attached to it. So no one knows that you're running it. You can set up a separate phone number from your personal number. Do you really want to be getting a bunch of business phone calls on your personal phone? Probably not. Um, So there are services. You can set up a a new line through your phone provider. You could also get a virtual number. And there are a number of services that do that too. I linked a lot of this stuff. So I linked the Google domains, which you probably could find. But I also linked an article about how to choose a virtual phone number provider, um, social media accounts. You probably want to set up business social media accounts on Twitter or TikTok, YouTube, 
Instagram, wherever it's good for your business. And you can use your business email address to do that. So again, it's a business. It's a business account. It doesn't necessarily have to have your name associated with it. You should set up a business suite, P.O. box kind of thing, to have a physical mailing address. In some businesses, you're going to require this. Um, and UPS offers this. There are many others that do. And that's a place to get your physical business mail. Believe, believe me, there are still physical envelopes that show up at mine. Uh, and that's nice. That And this is important because it's nice to have correspondence and an address that you have to share for some things that you set up that doesn't come right to your personal home. You don't want people showing up at your personal home address. Legal stuff, you know, you may want to set up an LLC or a corporation that protects you a bit and it protects your personal assets from lawsuits. And it's not 100%. I would highly recommend talking with a lawyer about this or an accountant. Um, I have an LLC for my business because it's just me. It's a little less of a hassle than a full-blown corporation, but I have built full-blown corporations. I did so for voice kick because we had a board and we had investors and I had employees that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, you may even want to take additional steps to hide your ownership of the company. And I linked an article about how to do so, to have a private LLC, for example, that shields your personal identity from the company. And this isn't always for bad reasons. Everybody's like, oh, you're trying to hide your company and tax stuff. And it's like, no, this is because I'm running a company and again, I don't need people coming directly to me and hassling me about the company or the product or the service. And so sometimes people want to do that. You should set up a separate bank account for your business. Don't have business income flowing into your personal bank account. And these last three are very important. Always use your own equipment. So this is more about protecting you from legal issues with an employer. Because again, I'm talking about going from being an employee to becoming a solopreneur. Do not use your employer's equipment. Use your own laptop. Use your own phone. Do not use your employer's internet service. Don't get into the office on their, their network and do work for your business. Do not do that. Use your own internet. And always work during your personal time. Do not work on your business during the hours your employer is expecting to be working for them. It's just not a good idea, period. And it's not really fair to your employer. It also sets you up for all kinds of legal consequences. If you create a business or a cool new idea, while you're supposed to be working for your employer, using their laptop, using their network, in some cases, they're going to own your idea now. You created on their time using their equipment. That's their idea. You can't take it for yourself. So don't do that. Be very careful. Another benefit of keeping your business secret is it frees your creativity to just think about all kinds of wild ideas. I find that if you, you're building in public and everybody's looking at it, you have all these expectations and people think of you a certain way and you have a certain professional brand that you, it stifles you, even if you don't think you're kind of stifling yourself or putting yourself in a box. When it's completely secret, you can go wild and come up with all kinds of business ideas because it's not tied to you and your identity. 
That way you don't have to worry about what friends and family think of your new venture, right? You don't have to worry about damage to your personal reputation if your crazy business idea fails. And many will. But do you really want to deal with all the jokers who are like, oh, that was a stupid idea. I knew it was and it failed. I could have told you that. Talk about ruining your entrepreneurial spirit and your creativity. You don't need that. That's why it is kind of nice to keep things secret. You know, as I said, I've I've spun up and tested dozens of ideas for new businesses and no one knows about those dozens of failures. No one else does, I should say. I mean, I do, of course. But I could quietly lick my wounds and sunset the idea without people constantly asking me, hey, what happened to that new business you started? Because I had some others that I did talk about and people kept asking me, what's going on with that business? What's going on with that business? And I already knew that I wasn't going to move forward with it. And I just wished I hadn't talked with people about it. I mean, in the end, you know yourself and you know what business business ideas you're considering. You know what's in your head right now. So you'll have to decide if you're ready to build in public with all those pros and cons that I just talked about. Or if you should keep your business a secret for now, for now, and maybe forever. So I want to end with a quote from Jonathan Ive. Yes, that Johnny Ive from Apple. This is something he said, I believe, during uh, a talk he gave about Steve Jobs. So here it is. And just as Steve loved ideas and loved making stuff, He treated the process of creativity with a rare and a wonderful reverence. You see, I think he better than anyone understood that while ideas ultimately can be so powerful, they begin as fragile, barely formed thoughts, so easily missed, so easily compromised, so easily just squished. I'll leave you with that. So go check it out online, newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com. If you want to check out the links, all the stuff that I mentioned. And uh, thanks for listening. I hope you find this helpful. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with building the business of your dreams.